Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Um, but you guys, many of you know Mitch, but some of you might not know Angie. Angie, we knew her as Angie Koo, and she's now Angie Ballantyne, married last, last year already? Okay, I've lost track of time. Um, but Ange is amazing. We've seen her grow up and, um, and, and, and we just love her heart. She's doing amazing things. I'll get her to talk a little bit about what she's doing now as well. And her husband is back in, the cor- uh, in that back corner, uh, Steve, and he's going to be um, leading our kids um, on a bit of a journey and adventure today, hey? It's going to be good. Um, but uh, why I got these two is because... Um, I find like teenagers don't always know how to articulate what is going on in their lives. Uh, I don't know about you, you're a youth pastor for about four or five years, and um, teenagers think that they are communicating amazingly, but they often aren't. And, um, and what I thought is that we get these two who are a little bit out of their teenage, or well, not a little bit, but a fair bit out of their teenage years now. Uh, but these two uh, grew up in, as leaders uh, at our youth group as well. And I just love how they've developed. They had very different challenges, very different life, um, um, families that they came from. And I thought it would be really cool to just have a conversation, thinking back a little bit to uh, their teenage years, uh, what took place, what was helpful, what wasn't helpful, what were they going through, um, and maybe for you as um, as young people you can consider how you are communicating with your parents if you're a parent maybe you can consider how you are approaching your teenagers or soon-to-be teenagers um, or any teenagers really so hopefully this is going to be a helpful conversation but Ange why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself first um I think Nate kind of explained a little bit already <laughs> about most of who I am um I am 23 I am just married, as I said. Um, I work in child protection as a full, full-time at the moment. Um, I was studying social work for a couple of years. I did a Bachelor of Social Work at Curtin. Um, and yeah, just continued on from there. But um, yeah. Fantastic. Let's get straight into it. Oh, by the way, because the, we want these guys to be open about their journey. Um, so I'm going to be asking some hairy questions if they do present the opportunity. Well, I've given them an out um, just to say, hey, don't want to go there. And um, just so that we can hopefully have the most open conversation possible this morning. Um, but let's start with this question. If you could speak to your younger self about how you related to your parents, what would you say? I would say you've got a good. <laughs> I'm not not at the time, but I think now. I think looking back, um, looking back at my younger self, I'm saying, well, your parents were always there for you, always doing stuff for you. Stop being a brat. <laughs> Stop being so spoiled. Um, but I did also understand the side of where teenagers, where I was coming from at the time, being like, I don't feel understood. I feel. I'm misunderstood, I feel like nobody cares, I feel like my parents are always against me, that side of, that kind of thing. So, just, I understand both sides as well, but I think, um, yeah, just, I think for both sides of parents, you need to understand where teenagers are coming from, and teenagers know that your parents are really trying, they really love you. And I think a lot of the time as well, um, my parents are really, um, they're not affectionate people, so my parents were born overseas, I'm not sure about your parents, but I was born in the Western culture, so I was very much about where's the affirmation and physical touch, and I wanted to be encouraged and told I was loved, and my parents really struggled with that, so I went to my friends and tried to look for, for affection from them and try to look for approval, 
So in that, it was kind of like, well, um, I'm going to go out there and do what I want because that's who cares about me. Mum, Dad, you don't care about me at all. Yeah. They just showed love in different ways. So um, that was that. But um, where was I? <laughs> Sorry, I tend to lose track sometimes. Well, um, maybe we can just dive a little bit into how do you think um, it would have been helpful to know that your parents understood you, they really understood where you were at, because um, I can understand that, yeah, sometimes parents are more looking at results. Uh, Asian parents uh, look for results. Um, my parents are great. Um, and I was a smart kid, so it helped. But, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're, I guess what are, what are little things that would have given you insight into, hey, my parents actually are trying to understand? Um, listening was a huge one for me. But I guess all, all teenagers are different. They like to receive love different ways. So I think for me, one thing, my communication with my dad was actually really, really bad. Like we fought every single day for as long as I could remember. Um, and I even just asking him a question, I would be trembling to the kitchen table and just cry because I was so afraid of him, you know, because every time I asked him something, he would just yell back or something like that. So I think over time when I became more mature and I could learn to get my words together, and he learnt that, okay, maybe, you know, I'm not so angry all the time. <laughs> um, he just gave me a space where I could talk and gave me a space where he didn't need to answer all my questions and I think that's what he wanted to do and I think Dad was very much like, I'm your dad, I'm going to answer all your questions and I'm going to fix them. So if you bring a problem to me, I will tell you exactly how to do it and if you don't do it, then you're not <laughs> asking me for help. So, um, and I said to him, I said, Dad, all I want you to do is just listen. Like, I said, I don't need you to tell me the answers. I said, if I ask you then like please do but I said I just need that someone to talk to because at the moment my friends aren't listening um, and it took me many years for me to actually even say that to him but that space yeah. would be really good and that's that's quite an interesting insight that you can see that back then you didn't really have the words to say either which makes it really difficult for parents to <laughs> to catch what is going on why don't we just jump to Mitch who comes from a very different background as you can hopefully see uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm white and male, uh, that, that changes things a little bit. Yeah, so with that like communication and stuff, obviously um, parents would know this, guys would know this. As a teenage guy, my communication with my parents would generally be, uh, <laughs> uh, and those would mean completely different things. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, if I wanted to like go back... I, I would like to just know <laughs> what those two things actually meant. <laughs> you're, meant to, you're meant to know what those meant. I've like, got to fail as a parent on iMage. <laughs> got to, got to, got to. No, um, yeah, so like, use words is something I would tell myself, younger self. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, yeah, let my parents know how I'm going, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. How do you get to a point, because... I guess in, in a teenager's mind, um, psychologically, physiologically speaking, there's so much going on and a lot of psychologists talk about the haze of teenagehood, <laughs> there's so much going on. How would you maybe help a younger person get those words out? Yeah. So I think Angie touched on it a little bit, but just knowing that like, your parents have your back, that's just the first step in knowing that like that's a, it's a safe place to be able to come obviously there's there's always work to be done in the communication but just knowing that in the first place get that right where the, your parents have your back where um, 
come to them and it is a safe place. But I think actually, yeah, making sure that when you, they ask, you know, how's your day going? Yeah, use words, actually let them know, let them into your lives. That, that's the first thing, because, oh, how's your day going? If I were to, was to use words, it would be, oh, fine. That sort of thing, not not even elaborating or, or chatting about it or anything. So actually, yeah, talking to so push yourself to say a little bit more. Yeah, push yourself. And as like yeah, grew up out of teenage years and stuff, I actually and even look because I've got three brothers and and I'm the second oldest. I even like told my younger brothers some things about just like actually talking to like mm-hmm. our parents about stuff because um, that's what I did and I. Really, well, our, my relationship with my parents got better because I'd actually used words and actually spoke to them. Yeah. Um, so that's how. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a little bit of your journeys and some of the challenges that you went through, and if you're comfortable, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on that. But um, I guess I would just like to explore from your perspective how your parents' words, in particular, um, what kind of impact it had on your lives. Um, so, like I said, I'm a very much a words person, so I wanted to hear, I'm proud of you, I love you, um, let's spend time together and stuff like that. And my parents are very, so my, my dad's from Singapore, nothing that Singaporeans, just saying, <laughs> like they're very strong, they don't share much emotion, my mum never grew up with that. And so, encouragement would look like, I encourage you to do better. <laughs> so, things like that, or I encourage you to focus more in class. And um, <laughs> my dad had a bit of a sense of humour, so he, he was he was a Christian, he is a Christian, but like he was going through his journey, so he would say, um, God, I pray that you give her common sense. And I would just be like, okay. <laughs> so I needed to hear things like, you're doing so well. And even if it was like, if I wasn't doing as good, I tried, it showed I tried my best. I'm proud of you. We can, we can do this. You can do this. I'm so proud of you. Let's do this. Like Something to show me that they actually were behind me. Um, and they thought they were, and I think because they never knew how to express their emotions, that they thought they were encouraging my telling me to, to do better in other words, which actually came across really negative to me and felt like, okay, well, I'm yeah. just not going to be able to please them ever. <laughs> just, just with that, I guess I can see, now that I'm a little bit older, um, that maybe some parents are a bit worried about affirming just because I don't want you to stop trying. Um, but maybe just kind of explore a little bit with us what the impact of those words were when you didn't, you didn't hear, I guess, full articulated encouragement. And instead, you probably heard a little bit more like you're not doing well enough. Like, how did that impact your journey? Um, it just affected my self-worth, I think, a lot because, like I said, you come from a place where you think is safe and in your home and you're surrounded by people who love you and then when you don't feel like you're getting that, you, you go somewhere else. Like, you look to friends, you look to other affections. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it really affected my self-esteem and my confidence. I think if you asked me a couple of years ago if I could sit up here and talk with people, I would definitely not be able to. <laughs> so, um, I do you remember asking <laughs> Ange back in youth group, your speakers are... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> so yeah, it affected how I looked at myself as well. That I was, yeah, I felt never good enough. I felt like I could never please anybody. That when um, even making friends, I'd be like, they don't want to be friends with me because I'm not good enough. Um, and that's not the message that my parents wanted me to hear. And, and never, I don't think they really understood because I never knew how to articulate to them how I felt. Um, but yeah, it really affected my self worth. I think. Yes. 
Yeah, I think like the impact of parents like and their words on kids is it, it can make or break um, just people's self self esteem, self image. Like I yeah, I had all you know, same sort of self image issues and identity things going on and um, some of it came back to and I have amazing parents but like everyone you know, there's there's always words we say that, you know, we regret sometimes and there were like a I think a couple like throwaway comments that I remembered about um, like that my parents said when I was really little and that affected me it was just like I wasn't sharing with my brother and I think you know something came out and it wasn't intended to you know hurt me or anything but I still remembered those comments and that interaction and I'm, I think I was about four so it was like a it was a big deal um, and I, I have, I've spoken to my parents and they've got like no memory of this. They're like shocked that they even said and um, things like that. But yeah, it can, it can seriously, um, you know, mess with a kid's mind when mm. doing that. So I think it's important mm. to always be uh, parents to watch what you say, mm. but to always just, yeah, always be uplifting and encouraging mm. and, and, and to have those places where you can, uh, yeah, chat about those things. Yeah. And I guess if parents, you do, we, you know, we're humans, we'll say things that we don't mean, but you can always go back and say to them and explain and say, I'm really sorry, what I said to you then wasn't okay and it's not what mm. I meant. And actually yeah. reaffirming them what you actually were trying to say or um, and put some encouragement in, in that moment. Because I think if you don't address issues, just like we go throughout life, we don't address those issues, they begin to fester, yeah. to fester and become into something. So yeah, that's right. I really like what you said, Midge. You actually had a conversation about that, that thought. How did, how did that go? Like, can you... <laughs> It's good. No, uh, again, uh, amazing parents. And it was because of, I think, building, working on that relationship that there were actually active steps. Like any, if you want to improve a relationship, you can't just all like let it, let it be the same and go. You actually have to put work into it. So this was uh, like a process, few years of like actually working on getting communication right with my parents. And once I sort of got to that stage, I was like, well, I can actually have this conversation with them about this and it would be a safe place. People wouldn't be defensive about things. This would be an open conversation. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was sort of yeah, building that relationship till it got relationships till it got to that stage where um, you know, there was trust. We both knew or we we all knew that uh, we loved each other, we all knew that yeah, we had each other's back and that mm. we wanted this to go to a better place. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that conversation didn't come off a place of like, you hurt me, you need to know this. It was more of a, hey, there's something in my heart that we need to have a conversation about. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. We are fast running out of time, so I would really like to hear what your thoughts are on um, how you wish your parents could have helped you cope with the stresses of school and adolescence growing up. And maybe even if there's a little bit of time, we can touch on post-school, what happens um, what what you guys would have liked, I guess, in particular? Um, I think, like I said before, just listening and having an open space, that kind of thing. Um, I think teenagers want a lot of space, hence why they lock themselves in their bedrooms, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that understanding as well, and like I said in the beginning, not always trying to have the answers. I think teenagers just want a place where they can trust and feel like they can talk about things without... Um, being, having reprimanded for things that they've said or like um, yeah, that kind of thing just 
So how would a parent know when a teenager wants space versus I wouldn't mind my parent being with me? And maybe particularly from your experience, I guess. Um, bit of both, and I don't know if I actually have the answers for this, um, but I've seen some families where the kid will be screaming, I don't want you, I don't like you, I hate you, leave me alone, and all that kid wants is just a massive hug, and a massive hug and say, I'm here, I'm here for you, and I really love you. Um, so I've seen most of that side, of, even in my work, um, but I think all, all teenagers, all kids are very different in how they want things, and I think find their love language, um, and find a space where, where they are vulnerable to talk, let them talk and um, use that bit to speak words of encouragement or something in that space where they feel comfortable. But yeah, find their love language. Um, I think there's five. I think there's, I don't know if you've spoken about them before, I think there's like physical touch, there's words of affirmation, there's gifts, there's quality time, there's acts of service. So find what they like and try that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Mitch? Um, I think... I think I was given a bit too much. I'm probably the opposite. So I think it was like if I was and like went through some stuff, I think it was around like year 12 or something. And I think it was my parents didn't know what to do and they kept trying, kept trying. But I think I ended up just being a bit of a shutaway. So I think sort of everything sort of went down a bit. So like I probably could have used um, a bit more structural rules or just to actually go right stick with it so like year 12 studies and things like that sort of went um, but yeah so mine was probably a bit of the opposite maybe a little bit too much space and not enough of that maybe a hard hand I think my parents just wanted to like make sure I was alright but sort of went about it in um, n not the best way for, for me like but like to be kind yeah. rather than kind of lead you through that a little bit. Yeah, I think they, they, were, they were just like, they didn't know what to do. I should have swapped lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, you know, I love this conversation. I wish we could go on a little bit more. Um, but maybe if this is something that you found really helpful uh, in, in what you're going through, let us know because we want to have conversations like this at Live Talks. Uh, we... These guys are not experts, except experts in their own life, and they've shared really openly with us this morning, and I hope that is, is helpful um, to you in some way. Uh, but why don't we just thank them for, um, for this morning. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.